From WBEZ Chicago and PRX, this is Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Cott. From Italian doom stoner rock to Los Angeles electro, we've got some great musical buried treasures that you need to hear. Plus, Austin, Texas indie rockers, a giant dog, join us live in the studio. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and uh, later on in the show, Jim, I'm not going to mince any words. One of the best, maybe the best live band of the last 10 years, A Giant Dog, is going to be in our studio. I know you're very excited about that. That's later in the show. But first, Greg, it's one of our periodic Buried Treasures episodes. Uh, We like to dig deep and find music that most of our listeners will not have heard yet and share it uh, because we're excited about it. This is up-and-coming, under-the-radar discoveries that we are eager to share. Uh, And first up for me is a feminist, queer, trans punk band is how they brand themselves from Baltimore, Maryland. Came together in 2016. Uh, They are singing about feminism, trans rights, love, sex, and the surveillance state. Uh, Big... (laughs) Big ideas, and they pulled them off, led by uh, a really inspired vocalist, Rain Alexander. I love this story, uh, Greg. The uh, guitarist, Kelsey Luz, uh, was part of the Peace Corps. And uh, while she was in Panama, uh, she became acquainted with this patron saint of Las Tablas. Her name was Santa Librada. And Librada, uh, rather than become married to uh, someone that was arranged and she didn't want that marriage. She prayed uh, to uh, grow a beard and and become more (laughs) masculine uh, to escape this arranged marriage. Her father was furious and crucified her. We forget. You and I don't. We were at Catholic school when we were young. Uh, You forget how gruesome some of these stories of the saints Mm. are. She was uh, decanonized in 1969. But obviously this notion of uh, gender uh, and, and, and rights and love and second, all of this stuff is in this band's music. I'm going to play a song called Child Bride, which is about child sexual abuse, a heavy topic, but Santa Labrada, the band, makes us think and also makes us rock. Here they are on Sound Opinions.
Santa Labrada, Child Bride, my first buried treasure. Greg, I'm eager to hear one of yours. Jim, I'm going to go to Australia, Melbourne, uh, for my first pick, a band named Low Tide. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Henry Rollins' uh, radio show. Uh, I, I listen uh, to it streaming, and uh, he introduced me to this band uh, a few months ago, and I have been obsessed with their second album ever since, uh, Southern Mind. Uh, they, I don't think they have a big following uh, in uh, North America quite yet, but uh, I would love to see this band uh, come through the States because they, uh, they play a sound that you and I both appreciate. Uh, some might call it shoegaze, uh, that heavy guitar sound, uh, dreamy kind of vocals. I put them more on the dream pop side of the spectrum. If shoegaze is uh, uh, kind of a, the heavier rock thing, dream pop is more on the atmospheric side, maybe more cocktail twins versus shoegaze, which is more My Bloody Valentine, a heavier thing. They're more on the cocktail twins side of the spectrum. And the reason I say that, um, they, they, they focus on those melancholy harmony vocals and those big shimmering mountains of reverb. And there's a fragility uh, to the music where you think the whole thing might crash down at any minute. And they just sort of hold this sort of delicate uh, thing together uh, through this haze. It's a wonderful sound. You sort of can get lost in it for, for days at a time if you allow yourself mm. to have this thing on loop. Uh, here's Low Tide with a track called Elizabeth Tower from their second album, Southern Mind, on Sound Opinions.
That's Elizabeth Tower from Low Tide, uh, the Southern Mind album on Sound Opinions, one of my favorite buried treasures. What have you got next, Jim? Uh, amazingly, Greg, we do not compare our lists ahead of time. I'm staying in Melbourne. Um, you know, people ask, how do you find these bands? And and I get so much email, Facebook messages, Twitter messages. You do, too. We always have our ears open, our antenna up. Uh, I got a tweet from a Sound Opinions fan, Jim Kunar, who said, trust me, this could be the next great punk band. I listened, and he's right. Uh, <laughs> from Melbourne, Australia. Amel and the Sniffers, Amel as in Amel Nitrate. <laughs> they have recorded uh, two EPs, Big Attraction and Giddy Up, and I found them online combined. So this is an album consisting of two EPs with a total running time of 20 minutes. It is fast. It is furious. Lead singer Amy Taylor is just absolutely on fire. She describes what they're trying to do as the Sex Pistols with a little bit of Black Lips and Art Brute and Breeders. Um you know, faster, louder, three chords, uh, angry. I Am Not a Loser uh, is the song I'm going to play. And it's it's an absolute blast. People look at me like I'm a hooker, but I just want to be a venue booker. I'm not a loser. Man, that, that is the epitome of the <laughs> DIY underground VFW hall punk scene or whatever the equivalent is in Melbourne. Amel and the Sniffers, I'm Not a Loser on Sound Opinions. Not a loser, neither are you, Greg Cott. <laughs> Amel and the Sniffers. Is that great or what? Oh, man. All one minute and 49 <laughs> seconds of it. Jim, my next band really doesn't have a home because they're a, a multinational bicontinental quartet uh, featuring members of four bands the Horrors, the Black Angels, the Earlies, Elephant Stone. Uh, and this has been a project that has been germinating for over a decade. Uh, they first started working together tentatively, a couple of the members, in 2004. Uh, then a couple of the other members met each other, and there was this kind of uh, circle of friends that said, you know, we got to do something together. Uh, slowly but surely, they've been 
trickling singles out uh, the last year or so, and there's finally a debut album coming out in a few weeks. The band is called Mine, M-I-E-N. And as I said, a collaboration between the members of four bands uh, with very disparate sounds. Uh, What they've joined in on is sort of a, I I guess the best way to describe it would be sort of a psychedelic electro-rock sound. Um, I found that in listening to the song that I'm going to play next, Earth Moon, uh, I, I really enjoyed playing this on a, ver- on a very uh, loud stereo system, <laughs> cranked up. I mean, the de- level of detail, it, it, it sounds somewhat overwhelming at first, but at the same time, there's a level of detail within the noise that I found really transfixing. Plus, it has a sitar. And as ah, soon as right. I, you know, you had me at the sitar, basically, okay. you know? Uh, so I, 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 lo- I love what they're doing. Can't wait to hear the album. It's mine with a song called Earth Moon on Sound Opinions. Mine with a song called Earth Moon on Sound Opinions, one of my buried treasures. After a break, Jim and I are going to dig up some more buried treasures, and later in the show, indie rockers A Giant Dog join me in the studio for a live performance. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My partner is Greg Cott, and we are going through some of our favorite recent records that haven't gotten as much attention as they should. Buried treasures, we call them, Mr. Cott. What is your next pick? Jim, my next Buried Treasures is a band that has actually been around a while called The Lovely Eggs. You would love this band. They have uh, been working basically on a self-produced level for a number of years. They're a spinoff of a very good uh, Riot Girl era band out of England called Angelica, led by Holly Ross. What a sense of humor. What an attitude. 
out of Lancaster, England. Uh, she went on to form the Lovely Eggs with her husband, David Blackwell, uh, formerly of uh, a psychedelic band named Three Dimensional Tanks, around 2006. Over the last decade, they've been uh, making these records that have uh, drawn a small but a devoted cult following. I think they deserve a much bigger audience uh, based on what I'm hearing on their fifth album. This is Eggland. <laughs> Eggland, <laughs> no, okay. Yes, Eggland, yes. Uh, and they're working for the first time with an outside producer. They picked Dave Fridman, uh, a, a man who's produced some of our favorite bands, um, you know, including the Flaming Lips and Mercury, Mercury Rev, Rev, people yeah. like that. Um, and he, he does sort of amp up uh, the attitude. He's not really taking anything away. He's just magnifying what makes this band so great. Uh, and I think, uh, first and foremost, Holly Ross's attitude coming across loud and clear in a song saying, I shouldn't have said that, from the lovely eggs on Sound Opinions. I shouldn't have said that from The Lovely Eggs. The new record is called This Is Eggland on Sound Opinions, a buried treasure for me. Jim, what do you got next? Greg, I'm going to some stoner doom rock. All right. (laughs) Uh, Very unique and original. Psychedelic Witchcraft is a group from Florence, Italy, that has got the requisite uh, Zeppelin and Black Sabbath, uh, but also a lot of Goblin, that wonderful psychedelic progressive rock band that did, uh, the Italian band, did all those soundtracks uh, for the Dario Argento movies, and Ennio Morricone, right? So a little Mm -hmm. bit of spaghetti western as well. So we got all of these great ingredients. We have an incredibly powerful front woman, Virginia Monty. We have uh, death occult 
themed lyrics. I mean, what more could you want? Plus, they're from Italy. Mm -hmm. I love this. This is uh, their second proper album. Just came out at the end of February called Sound of the Wind. And, you know, every great stoner doom metal band has a wonderful anti-war song. Think, you know, War Pigs by Black Sabbath. This is Psychedelic Witchcraft's version of that. Lords of the War on Sound Opinions. Psychedelic witchcraft, Lords of the War. I love this band. I really want to go to Italy and meet them. <laughs> I'm going to join you for that trip, Jim. That sounds really cool. Jim, the final band for me in our Buried Treasure segment is going to be a band out of Los Angeles, uh, Dream System 8, they call themselves. Their debut album is just out. It's uh, basically two uh, veteran Los Angeles area musicians, Erica Electra and David Klotz. Klotz has uh, actually had some kind of a pedigree in the TV world. He has uh, won Emmy Awards as a music editor of TV shows like Stranger Things and Game of Thrones and American Horror Story. Uh, it was the, uh, his work on Stranger Things uh, that inspired Dream System 8 to form. He started building up his synthesizer collection after he worked with those guys, uh, the composers of the Stranger Things soundtrack, the guys Kyle Dixon and Michael Stein of that Austin, Texas band survived. And uh, he really 
enjoyed the sound they were getting. He wanted to channel some of that. So, you know, the guy's going to, you know, garage sales and yeah, vintage yeah. shops, picking up Rollins and Korgs and, you know, all these geek out kind of Omnicord System 100. Well, you, you know? know my love <laughs> of that sound mm-hmm. and I love the Stranger Things soundtrack. So he's right in that pocket, Jim. That's exactly what he's aiming for. I want to get that sort of early 80s vintage sound on vintage gear. Uh, What he really didn't, he had the sound in mind, but he really didn't have the songs. That's where his partnership with uh, Erica Electra comes in. You know, she's writing on guitar, uh, got a beautiful voice, floating these melodies over the top. The combination of the two has made for a very enchanting uh, debut album. Uh, The album is called uh, We Sleep Again, and the track I'm going to play, Shine a Little Light from Dream System 8 on Sound Opinions. Shine a little light from Dream System 8 on Sound Opinions. What's your final buried treasure, Jim? Uh, My last buried treasure pick, Greg, is also from Los Angeles. It's essentially a two-person project, Joni Margot and Randall Young. She is the uh, lyricist and vocalist. He plays guitars, bass, keyboards, uh, multi-instrumentalist producer. Uh, They go under the band name of Libertalia. Libertalia is a concept, Greg. Um, This is part of the great sort of Afro-futurist school of poetry and music and and literature in that they have invented this country where, uh, uh, quote, the the health, wealth, and happiness may be pursued, unburdened by the dictates of oligarchs or the tyranny of the masses. 
<laughs> we're envisioning a perfect world, right? right? Much like Sun Ra or Clinton at his most sci-fi. Uh, it's based on the writings of Thomas Jefferson. They've designed flags. They have maps, right? And they are in the midst of recording what they call the Green Dragon Trilogy of not one, not two, three concept albums about this land that doesn't exist. They've been releasing tracks in bits and pieces uh, of this uh, three-album uh, masterpiece, which is eventually going to drop. Also, Janelle Monáe. A lot of that in here. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's soul, it's jazz, it's R&B, uh, it's a little psychedelia, there's some reggae. It's a little, uh, you know, no offense, Mr. Randall Young, it's a little cleanly produced, mm -hmm. uh, put me off at first. Uh, I wish there was a little more grit. But the more you listen, you realize they're really, you know, they're, mm -hmm. they're absurdly ambitious and they're pulling off 98% of it. Mm -hmm. Listen to what I mean. Too Late to Walk Away is a track by Libertalia on Sound Opinions. That is Joni Margot Randall Young, a.k.a. Libertalia, Too Late to Walk Away. And that wraps up this edition of Buried Treasures. If you've got an album that's flying under the radar that everyone else should hear, let us know. Give us a call at 888-859-1800 or connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. Coming up after a short break, we talk to indie rockers A Giant Dog. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott with Jim DeRogatis, and that's a little bit of the song Get Away from our guests, A Giant Dog. I do love this band. I overdosed on them at South by Southwest <laughs> a year ago. Saw them about a half dozen times. Uh, they have been around for quite a while, uh, bumping around the, the, the Southwest scene. Kind of a regional band for a while. Put out a couple of indie records uh, early on, Fight and Bone in 2012, 2013. Got signed to Merge Records, and that kind of broke them uh, to a wider audience. Pile came out in 2016 and Toy in 2017, where you really started to see the songwriting catch up with the energy that they generate on stage. Uh, Sabrina Ellis on lead vocalist is a dervish up there. Andrew Cashin and Andy Bauer on guitars, uh, Graham Lowe on bass, and Daniel Blanchard on drums. You know, we had them in the studio, and we started the conversation by asking band co-founder Andrew Cashin about his early start in music, how the band came together, and, and meeting lead vocalist Sabrina Ellis. I mean, actually, me and Andy have been playing music since we were, like, 14. Mm -hmm. Horrible, horrible <laughs> punk rock 
Was it original songwriting at that point? Yeah. Attempts at original songwriting? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I, I wasn't a very intelligent 15-year-old kid. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, the lyrics are very embarrassing. <laughs> when, when did they become not embarrassing? When did you start to feel like the songwriting picked up? When I, when we hooked up. So, Sabrina, why did you want to work with Andrew on songs? Because my dancing. Yeah, people don't know that he's an excellent dancer. There was a dance courtship that happened in our early 20s. Mm-hmm. He would arrive at my house at unexpected times, and he would bring these ridiculous floodlights and disco tracks, and he would start um, wow. performing, like, not a serenade, but a dance outside my house. Before we uh, continue the conversation, we have a band here with their instruments in hand. How about if we hear a song from A Giant Dog? What, uh, what do you guys want to play for us? You do toy gun first? Okay. All right.
Toy Gun from A Giant Dog from the new album Toy. The live performance is the lifeblood of this band, I think. I don't know if you guys would agree, but I think that's where you convert fans one, one show at a time, it seems like. Maybe people aren't going to hear the record, but they're not going to forget about the show. What keeps you going, Sabrina? Do you go into a show with the idea that, you know, it's going to be a life changer? You never know what the span of your life is going to be. You don't know anything about the next few hours of your life, even if you think you do, even if you're like me and you want control over your body and your life. If my lifetime is a 24-hour period, yeah, the 45 minutes on stage is the life changer, the, whatever the survival instinct in me or the evolutionary instinct is in me, it's being driven by the possibility of that 45 minutes. I've seen the band a few times this year, and uh, I meet people at your shows, and they would talk to me about, oh, I remember seeing them in such and such a year, and, and Sabrina did this, and then she did that, and it was like one of those moments where like, they're still talking about something that they'd never seen before being done by you on uh, the a, at time a show. The time I got the hammerhead <laughs> shark carcass, and um, I slapped it around. There have been some, I guess you've probably heard some of those stories. Yeah, some of those stories. There was a time she had like chapstick in her pocket and she took it out and like put it on. And it was, I just didn't stop though. Yeah, it was crazy. People dude. were <laughs> losing their minds. It's sort of like Iggy Pop with the peanut butter, except with a chapstick. Is yeah. that what you're saying? I gotcha. So, Andrew, have you ever worried about what Sabrina's doing? Like, you're going to kill yourself? Has there ever been a moment where even you were surprised by what she did? Not by what she does, by what other people do to her. Give us an example. Like there's a time in Europe where somebody tackled her and like I had my guitar like halfway off my body getting mm -hmm. ready to just beat the living out of this dude. Mm -hmm. But somebody else stepped in and grabbed him away and like. Was he tackling you out of love or what was it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was just kind of like. he had a confused uh -huh. motivation. Yeah. There's a physicality about the show that does bring that out. It's kind of weird because there's a fine line. And yeah. you guys, you know, by being so physical, you know, you skirt the line. But you, We're you just want a little more vain you. than exactly. that, though. I don't, I don't want to bust my face up. Yeah. Yeah. When we first started playing shows in Austin, it would just be a, a go-to where we would strike the first chord and somebody would take a beer and just start shaking it up yeah. and like shower. spitting on us and like yeah. we're yeah. just like this is great like <laughs> I'm 21 yeah, right. and yeah yeah if there and now if somebody a did a that young I'd just woman be like, just putting on. beer on her head or on my head yeah yeah in in our early 20s we didn't feel fulfilled without that <laughs> yeah yeah where has it gone now I'd just be like what's wrong with you man yeah
stage, time passes in a really strange, anxiety-induced way where 30 seconds of tuning a guitar can feel like a terrible eternity. It's like a dream state. Sometimes a minute of having a technical problem where an instrument needs to be exchanged, you can feel like you're losing your audience. And so some of our songs now, they're mid-tempo or mm-hmm. slow. And uh, I wondered if I would feel trapped within those songs in some awkward eternity. And I found those songs to be really good places to to go into even more intensity. Like a slower song, it turns out, can be just as intense. I was pleased that our audience accepted that. Um, mm-hmm. That I think the slow songs are heavy enough that it gives people something to move to. Remember me, they come a time in every life. You must survive, survive, survive. I kind of vaguely remember Andrew in the studio worrying a little that our particular audience that we'd acquired over, you know, eight years, an audience of people about our age, if they would like hearing us slow down or go to personal places, mm-hmm. or if that they would uh, feel uncomfortable and maybe feel rejected by us. <laughs> Sellouts. Branching mm. out. And I'm not actually surprised that it's not going that way, although we would have had fun with it yeah. <laughs> had it gone that way too. Mm-hmm. I think we would have welcomed complete rejection just as much as anything else. We named our last album Pile just so people would review it. Like, what a yeah. pile. <laughs> yeah. You're throwing you missed a, our cue. You throwing didn't. a bone out there, right? To, uh... I think Merge knew what they were doing when they signed the band. Has that made a difference in the way you feel the arc of the band is going? You know, you've been doing this a long time. Did you feel like that changed anything substantially for you guys, uh, being on that label? Yeah, I mean, it visibility. Mm-hmm. Like when we got signed to Merge, there was visibly at our shows more people. And mm-hmm. just, it's so hard to get like get your name out there, especially in this music climate, without getting like a a MacBook commercial. There's like <laughs> not really that many ways to like organically get your name out there besides playing shows in every city and constantly being on tour. And yeah, I'm glad that a label like Merge signed us and gave us more visibility. You never know who's going to be there, right? And yeah, play like it's your last show. When you go up there, I mean, you, you sort of feel that way. Like, okay, we're going to make this special. We're going to make this different. Are there nights where you just don't feel like being up there because you're sick or you are played 17 shows in a row, and yet you somehow fight through it? How do you get through it to sort of play that, that level of show every night? It's pretty rare that there's a night where I feel incapable of getting up and getting the attention of everyone keeping it. We had a night like that in particular two nights ago. I got on stage without putting on a costume. I traditionally put on a costume as part of 
making myself into a performer. I didn't put one on. I just wore jean shorts and a t-shirt, went on stage and um, took a little longer to get physical with um, the music. And I did keep expecting the audience to filter out. If it's not almost killing me, putting me on the floor, I don't feel like I'm doing it. I experimented the other night with being just completely the person I was in the moment and telling them I don't feel like I can do this. I didn't put on a costume because my performance and my attempt to get your attention is my penance for my own self-loathing. <laughs> and tonight there's nothing wow. that can shade that. Mm. And they stood there and they stared Mm. And they and when the songs played, they m moved around. And um, I think to them, it felt like a performance. It felt like a show. To me, it felt like a miniature breakdown, like a real, real life experience happening. Um, mm. Wow. I was very moved by the fact in, that these people could stay in the room, watch a 31-year-old woman crumble under self-doubt. Um, and support me in that way mm. and about five songs in i i was flying around the stage like usual mm -hmm. sweating so the music uh, picked you up it sounds like and the audience picked you mm -hmm. up yeah. yeah it was it was in that case particularly the, audi the audience mm -hmm. that's a great story thanks for sharing it a giant dog here in the studio at sound opinions you have another song for us what are you gonna play rock and roll a pick me up that's what <laughs>
Rock and Roll from A Giant Dog. That was from the Pile album that was released in 2016 on Merge. Uh, we have been in the studio with A Giant Dog. Great band. Sabrina Ellis, Andrew Cashin, Andy Bauer, Graham Lowe, Daniel Blanchard. They've been playing for us and talking to us. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. That wraps up our conversation with Austin's A Giant Dog. You can catch videos of them performing in our studios at soundopinions.org. Greg, what's on the show next week? Next week, Jim, we look at some songs that uh, take a look at what happens when artists take an inward look at the music business. Special thanks to Adam Yaffe and Andrew Gill. Sound Opinions, as always, is produced by Brendan Banizak, Alex Claiborne, and Iona Contreras. On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. So give us a call on our hotline, 888-859-1800. Operator, well, could you help me place this call? See the number on the matchbook is old and faded. New messages. Noel from Chicago. I just finished listening to your show about great movie soundtracks and I think that sometimes we forget the power of non-vocal soundtracks. So I just wanted to put up Spirited Away. You know, Joe Hisaishi is just a master and has uh, this wonderful ability to make every note match the feeling on the screen. I don't think that there's been a stronger moment of musical screen connection in years than Sixth Station, where she's riding on the train all alone and this beautiful, melancholic, ponderous music is just washing over you. Thanks. Jim and Greg, just listen to the second installment of your favorite soundtracks. And, you know, as a hip-hop head, I got to inform you guys what we consider the greatest, at least most hip-hop heads I know consider the greatest hip-hop soundtrack of all time, which is the Above the Rim soundtrack. 16 in the clip and one in the hole. Nate Dogg is about to make some bodies turn cold. Now they dropping and yelling, it's a tad bit late. Nate Dogg and Warren G had to regulate. You have Dr. Dre and Death Row Records at their absolute peak. Uh, Snoop Dogg is on there. Uh, the Dog Pound. Tupac, all these guys are in their prime. Uh, for a totally, uh, well, mostly forgettable movie from the mid-90s, but the soundtrack to this day is considered the, the pinnacle of hip-hop soundtrack. Thanks, guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Hi, my name is Shannon, and 
I am the world's biggest fan of the How to Train Your Dragon movie soundtrack. It is a masterpiece. Please consider playing Forbidden Friendship or Romantic Flight or Test Drive on the radio so that the world can understand how beautiful that score is. John Powell does an absolutely amazing job putting together everything, and it is so incredibly, it's just beautiful. And I know it's really silly for a 23-year-old to love it so much, but every time I listen to it, I just absolutely fall in love with it. Hi, this is Don from Villa Park, Illinois, and I was listening to your favorite soundtracks. My favorite one is from the movie Car Wash. Boy, what a great collection of songs. It's from the 1970s, uh, maybe mid-70s. The title song, Car Wash, and uh, especially the Pointer Sisters, Believe in Me. Maybe you guys missed that one, and uh, give it a listen, and it's a great movie. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the show. Bye. No more messages. To give us your opinions on Sound Opinions, call our hotline, 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with more Sound Opinions, produced by WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.